Hi, I'm Jonathan Pennington, and this is the Human Flourishing Podcast. This podcast is a repository of a wide variety of sermons, lectures, interviews, and other resources that I've recorded over the years. Today's episode is part of the devotional series on the Sermon on the Mount I taught for Sojourn East. Okay, here we are uh, in chapter 6 still in Matthew in our devotions to the Sermon on the Mount. I'm going to pick it up back in 619 because I think the next section, I'm going to take a big section again, goes from 619 all the way through chapter 6, verse 34. Now you may recall, if you're an astute listener, uh, that I actually talked about 619 to 21 as part of the earlier part in chapter 6. I said that the first section was 61 to 21. And that 6, 19 to 21, about not laying up treasures on earth, etc., was the conclusion to what started in 6, 1. I still believe that. I haven't changed my mind since I recorded that. But what I'm also suggesting to you is that this is like a chain link fence. And that 6, 19 to 21 is also the introduction. And this is something that was done in ancient literary rhetorical style. It's also the introduction to the next section, which goes from 6, 19 through 34. So let me read 19 to 21 again. He says, Do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and vermin destroy and where thieves break in and steal. But store up for yourselves treasures in heaven where moths and vermin do not destroy, and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. So this is is very uh, powerful and subtle on Jesus' part. He talks about treasures in heaven versus earth in the first part of chapter 6 in terms of not seeking the praise of others rather than the praise that comes from God. So earthly praise versus heavenly praise. That's, That's great. But he also uses this metaphor of treasure to talk in a more literal way about goods of the world, money and, and the things we own. And that's what happens in 619 to 34. He's talking all about the goods of the world and their effect on our hearts. So let's see what he says. So 619 to 21, I just read. But then if you look at 22 to 24, let me read these for you. The eye is the lamp of the body. If your eyes are healthy, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eyes are unhealthy, your whole body will be full of darkness. If then the light within you is darkness, how great is that darkness? No one can serve two masters. Either you will hate the one and love the other, or you will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and money. Now that sounds like like a hodgepodge of stuff, but I'm going to suggest to you that this is more than suggest. I'm going to tell you that this is all one argument. That these, this is not three different paragraphs, but from 619 to 24 is all about money and our hearts. Because what's going on in these various metaphors is the idea of our longing, our natural, but often perverted and corrupt, longing for the goods of the world. This is what he's talking about. He's saying it's foolish to store up treasures on earth where you could lose everything. He goes on to talk about the eye being the lamp of the body. That sounds totally weird, but this is from this ancient idea that's still true throughout many places of the world, that the eye reflects what's in the heart, that the idea is that light, things come out of the heart, who you are, and come through the eye. It's different than how we think of it, but it's called, this was the ancient view, it was called the extra mission vision, the extra, extra mission, something comes out of you and comes through the eye. And so, The idea is that this is where the idea of the evil eye comes from. And in fact, the, in the Greek, it actually says the evil eye there. 
The idea is that the evil eye is that you see something that somebody else has and you're jealous for it. And so out of your heart comes like a curse, comes a, an ill wish on them. And, and in the ancient world and throughout the world today, you can buy amulets that ward off the evil eye because of fear that somebody's going to see the good thing that you have, your nice car, or your nice house, or your nice wife or husband or whatever it is, or children, and they're going to wish evil on you and that's going to affect you. So Jesus is playing with this metaphor and he is saying, yeah, guess what? You do have to pay attention to the heart. And I'm still talking about money this whole time and the longing for things. And then he concludes it with another money, money metaphor that you can't serve two masters. In other words, if you try to serve God and say that I love God, but you really love money, you're, you're going to be torn between those two. You're never going to be happy. You really can't serve God and money is the point. So 619 to 24 is all challenging us to pay attention to the power of money on our hearts. And that leads into 625 to 34, very precious, very beautiful verses that I hope you're familiar with. If not, please go back and meditate on them, that Jesus talks about not worrying, not worrying and being consumed by anxiety about food and drink and clothing Etc. And he gives these famous examples about how the birds and the flowers, they live happy lives. God provides for them and their lives are not filled with anxiety. And you and I are infinitely more valuable to God than birds and flowers. He will care for us as well. That's these beautiful, these beautiful lines now. Now, how does this relate? Well, it relates because anxiety is very much about the heart. And if you're like me, I struggle with a lot of anxiety, especially about money and maybe especially in times of crisis and difficulty, but all the time. It's like you can never have enough money. You're always worried about having more and providing for this and maybe have I saved enough and what's going to happen in the future. I, I feel that a lot. And I know many of you do as well. How does this connect? Well, you always have to remember, Jesus never looks upon us with a frowning face. He's never condemning having anxiety about food and, and clothing and providing for your family. Part of that's natural and good that if you're completely flippant about providing for yourself and others, you're probably crazy, right? And, and not living wisely. So there's nothing wrong with a natural kind of anxiety about that. What, what he's talking about is your life being driven by and consumed with, with money and the things of the world, the things that money can buy that you've got to have more and you've got to, um, you've, you've got to make sure you have enough to eat and drink and all, all these things are consuming you. He's always pushing us to think about what's going on inside of our hearts. And the way these sections fit together is he's saying, if you try to live this double life of serving God and money, loving God and money, the result is actually not going to be the happiness that you long for. It's actually going to be anxiety. Because anxiety is often the function of trying to split your soul into the present and an imagined dangerous future. Anxiety is where you actually are splitting your soul. You're not living in the present. You're imagining some bad thing happening to you. And Jesus is saying, that's not the wholeness that I long for you. And when you try to serve God in money, you're actually going to be splitting yourself. What's the solution? Look at verse 33. Seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow. Tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. Friends, God cares for you yesterday, today, and tomorrow. And he's inviting you to be present now, not splitting yourself into anxiety about money and things of the world, 
and instead give your heart to Him. Seek first His kingdom and His righteousness. Thank you for listening to the Human Flourishing Podcast. To learn more or get in touch with me, visit my website, jonathanpennington.com.